Good people of the interwebs, hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and our failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. Now, good people, welcome to the show. Ah, hello, my friends. You return. Good. Look, I try to save cash to build. Mm, no. No, no, no. Okay, look. Perhaps you, perhaps I. Together. Together, we build a stronghold. In this episode, Mick and I continue with a conversation from last week. Building a tavern, taking your produce to market building a quarry, tolling a trade route, and constructing a Matt Colville stronghold. How does one convince their fellow players to build and fund a stronghold? How does a GM incorporate player industry building within their sessions? Your bartender is skimming from the till and poisoning your patrons. This is an industry random table generated result. What might these tables look like? Should a GM ad-lib an encounter from these results? How many tombs must players raid to have enough coins to build a fortress? Revenue from tomb raiding or run a franchise of pubs? Exploration is the nature of West Marches, and this can easily lead to world building. So listen as I get sidetracked into chatting about my West Marches sessions. Ice storm traps. Tombstone prisons and... And then Mick reins the conversation back to strongholds. Or owning an economic empire. What could be worse? Vecna? Or when Jane from next door buys the world? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. The fall of the Roman Empire became came from the incompetence of the Roman governors the corruption and all that kind of stuff. But if, from a player point of view, you won't allow that to happen. You're, you, you're going to be like the Julius Caesar or the Elizabeth I mm. or the Victoria. You are going to be one of those rulers is incredibly dominant and has absolute control. And, and because you don't change as you go along, there's not going to be opportunity for your incompetent children. Well- to come and bugger up your your whole your whole here, empire. Here's the other thing too. So you've invested, you've played for a while. You've reached level six. Like for example, my my character Camino, he reached level six. He had about yeah. fifteen hundred gold pieces in that he had collected. So presumably, when he dies, and if the body's brought back, those go into the town and whatnot. But you you've reached level ten. You've got I don't know ten thousand gold pieces. So you start working on building the stronghold and. What do you, as a player, then do? Are you constantly wanting to go out on sessions to find more treasure, to hoard that treasure so you can build your yeah. stronghold? Because that's you just you have to do that crossover between. And this is why the stronghold idea is probably a bit too far fetched because you've got to go out and do that, but you really want your minions to keep doing it. And if you haven't generated the income for the minions to build the stronghold, yeah. you've got that issue of. So, so, so where does it balancing come from? Exercise. And the thing is, too, is you're, you're constantly playing with new players. There's, there's no guarantee that you're always going to play with consistent players. So yeah. do they want to help you do a, a session where you are increasing income for your stronghold? Why do they care? They're not going well, to Well, they, they don't care. And so what you get is you get the, the crusade scenario yeah. where you know all of the knights band together to go and, and crush the... Whoever it was, the, well, and that's just it. So yeah, you were you were crushed the Muslim armies off in some country. So you were, else. but what you didn't see in that was you didn't see the 
the bloke who was the little humble farmer yeah. going off to, because he didn't care. Yeah. He was just going to keep farming his block of land and yeah. making his kale. Yeah. And this is why there's this big gap. Well, the, this gap is going to show up between the, the castle structure and the, the base. Yeah. If there's no towns in between, yeah. you don't get to build an economy yeah, 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 for yeah. someone to rise to the top to, to but, but, but even then, a, from, a session, a from a session by session basis, you've yeah. got 10,000 gold pieces. And that's, what are you going to do with it? So, yes, okay, I want to put it towards building a stronghold, but now I'm a level 10 character and I've got to go out and I've got to find treasure because there is no way for me to get another economy. And I'm with five other players. Yeah. They have, how do I yeah. say to the GM, so it, I want this to be a session where I need to make money for my stronghold? Yeah. And the I other think five in players the session, are like, I don't care about your in, stronghold. In the session by session game, I think that you have to go through the, the town building structure yeah. where one owns the pub, one owns the farms, one owns the stables, one owns the blacksmith. And they get to manage their own little micro economy because what will happen out of that is that 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 there's an interdependence will be will build mm. between them all, and that is where the 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 bloke that is the the smartest, the cleverest will get to build the bigger, the better house, and he's the one that will own the castle, and the other guys will own they'll own their business within the te- within the town. So in the castle, you've got a new town that's created. You don't actually have any facility to be the butcher, but you hire someone. Say, uh, you're going to be the butcher. I'm going to make sure and be bringing you more. A case of, I'd say, the starting point is that you wouldn't hire the butcher. Your farmer is going to drive the cattle down the road to the next town, where he's going to sell them. So you would want a session where, okay, hey guys, let's do a session where, yeah, you've all come back to the town. And I will, and you will I have these to will manage be, your these, own. These will be the cattle that my farmers produce. I will give you X yeah. portion of the sales. Of the so when, when you, me. well, no, not so much that. No, they would just come back and it would be you roll the dice and he has a choice. No, no, but I mean, you came in, they're your cows. So you've got a session where you are protecting the cows being transferred to here to here to be sold. What's the incentive for the other players to do that? They're well, your no, cows. No, they don't have to because my income is generated from my cows and from my kale if yeah. I'm a farmer. One of them's income is generated from the brothel, and another one's generated from selling. Yeah, but you, you, you're at the session start by session. But at the start of that session, player by player, it is roll roll a dice, and and they roll a d100. Yeah. Or they roll five d100s, and yeah. they will then tell them from your five d100s you've made this much money, sold this much booze, so brew this you, much you, grog to sell in the next session. Yeah. Right. So you now have the following. So figures. as a player, I've earned a thousand, I found a thousand gold from adventures. my adventures and, I and I'm going to go and spend that thousand gold. I'm going to buy two farms. Yeah. Now at the start of every adventure, I'm going to be rolling against a farming table to see what's my income what's my generated, revenue generated and what happened to my farm. Yeah. So things like your um, farm was just taken over by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Not so much the taken over as no, much yeah, as Yeah. Yeah. Or, or something yeah. happens. But there, so, there would always be a possibility, like a 1% possibility that... Yeah, your farm burns to the ground yeah. and it's the end of it, so your farm's yeah. destroyed yeah. or it's been taken over. But that's right. I mean, just, just and, like and, your cra- and, at the and, crafting at the beginning of the session is like if you want to create a, a rum, roll, is your crafting successful? Okay, you've created this rum that gives you a plus one to block. And so yeah, you and, and then you end up with a scenario of uh, this is how much booze is in the pub. That's what you had last time around. This is what you can sell. Yeah. So the player doesn't have to, you know, they've got to keep track of like how much booze but like it clearly becomes a cows of and how much. But it does clearly become a case too where and you as the, the box that are doing this when you go, okay, I've rolled against this, I've now just made, your farms right. have just produced you 60 gold. All, all of a sudden now you want to, your bots to be tracking any money that has been going into these businesses. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you've got, if you've got, um, so in the session by session game, mm. you don't have to worry about money going in. You're just worried about generating income. Yeah. Um, in the West Marches game, yeah, you've got our bots that track the the, the purchases, and that's not a that's right. either. Yeah. But if we go back to the session by session game, you then end up with five players that own five different industries yeah. sitting in a town. They have a road that goes down to such and such. They know that improving the road will mean more traffic. More traffic means more people to drink beer, use the brothel, 
faster food deliveries. Okay, so but it's certainly it's interesting, interesting the, the economics of this town, the, the dependencies of all of the people in the town yeah. is dependent on the connectivity between the roads. So there's an incentive for them to build a road, so they can take the money they've got transferred into building a road. Everything becomes better. They then look at the town, and part of what you have is the town gets raided because it's successful. Or, 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 or and so you build you a go, wall, got, and then you've, you've got, got all this road. Like in the West Marches, which would be cool, is this road has been built because they want to go out here. And then you're just like, hey, guys, I've got 6,000 gold. I want to build a tavern right there on the road. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, well, why not? Why not let the character build the tavern? Why not say the tavern costs you 6,000? Yeah, or you turn around and say, well, it doesn't cost 6000 I'm building a tavern and I've got a dollar. And it's not a tavern. I'm sticking up a tent selling beer. So all I have to do is be able to brew beer, sell beer, and, and then just, and I've got a tavern. And that's, and that's where it starts from. It starts from that. I've done that. And then the next player comes. In the West Marches game, the next player comes along and says, well, I'm going to have a hops farm next door. I wonder if place. there are such tables that already exist because, I mean, we can't be talking about something that hasn't been thought about before. We spent the last months of the last 12 months talking about the economy of West Marches mm. and how we could take what Matt Colville is about to generate yeah. and how that would work. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he's done it because it didn't exist. Mm. And I don't think that for a small economy and building of this, that any of this stuff exists. And remember a long time ago we had the, the conversation about how do you take the town? So we had in the West Marches game, there is a town and up the coast there was a pub yeah. and the pub got overrun. Yeah. And we talked about the other buildings within the town yeah. and they just appeared. They didn't get created. They no. had no one run them. They just, there. they just appeared. The town isn't getting any bigger. No. It's not creating any more buildings. No. But that's what would normally happen. Yeah. As the town is more successful. To uh, me, that makes sense. Like, absolutely. you got 6,000 gold. I want to build the milk, or the, I want to build the flour mill in town. Yeah, and that's the and then my flour mill. I want to know how much I can generate it because realistically, when you think about it, I mean, you've got the tavern. How are they making bread? They're not. They're buying the flour in town in the big city, and then Where, they, but that's out. what big city they're getting bread. it from. So I mean, that's it. And this is a bunch of the funny things that you just yeah. But this is this then goes back to the fact that in the West Marches game, the starting town has to either be started as a, a state town, which at present it is, mm. or it starts being run by individuals. Yeah. And if it starts being run by individuals, then what happens is that there will be the flour mill in that town mm. and they will get the grain from the surrounding countryside. So around your big city, you yeah. will have a string of farms yeah. and those string of farms will generate grain for making bread, meat for butchering cows, yeah. milk for people to drink vegetables for people to eat. Yeah. They will provide that stuff. When the pub gets created down the yeah. road, the pub will then, you know, it's 20 miles down the road. Yeah. The surrounding farm that creates the grain will send its grain yeah. to the big city yeah. to be milled and turned into flour. Yeah. They will buy the flour from the flour miller and bring it back. Yeah. As the town grows, the farms get bigger. Yeah. Someone's going to go, hang on a minute, why would I bother sending grain down at and getting 10 bucks for that and then buying the flour back at 20 bucks. Yeah. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a, a mill yeah. up here. Can you imagine? And though? then expand that mill. This guy, Dan, is going to lose income from his giant flour mill. Yeah. Because this bloke's just sucked up all the stuff out of his town. I just, I'm just imagining, though, in like in a session by session, every week this guy's like, I'm doing, all right, I need to roll. I need to do all my, my, my industry rolls here quick, 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 quick before we do anything. Because... All of a sudden, the thing about this, this is the adventuring becomes. But you, change, but you think about how West Marches. West Marches is about we all get together and be murder hobos, and off we go and do a murder hobo session. Yeah. Right? Well, you don't have to run a murder hobo session. Yeah. You can run an industry session. Yeah. So once a week, right, you could sit there and you could. And I would love to sit down and run industry sessions. I think they would be incredibly entertaining because yeah. I have the power to roll a set of dice. And tell you who was a, a pub owner. Guess what? But I, the guy, the guy that was running your pub, has just stolen yeah. all of your money, poisoned all of your patrons. Okay, but this and is the, the number thing. of people that are coming to your pub yeah. uh, has fallen through the floor. So you cannot expect to get. But this the is the interesting thing: the DM versus player. Like I can see what you're saying. An interesting session. Now, as the DM, though, 
the, the ad lib that you'd be required to do that is going to be so, so different because you're so used to, at least I'm used to at this point where, yeah. all right, I'm in a campaign setting. You can go to the pyramid. You can go to the pool of blood. You can yeah. go to here. And I've got a general idea of what's going to happen with those NPCs at each site. And I can go with that. With West Marches, I'm typically, all right, roll. You move to this hex, roll. There's an encounter. Oh, there's two people on horseback. All right. What are they going to be? Make something up. Now it's going to be industry session, rolling against your pub. Okay. Turns out your barkeep is this. So all of a sudden now, what do I do as the DM for you as the player to add a role-playing aspect into the yeah, no, session? See, this is the thing about it is that... Because if it's just rolling it is, against the table... It is, it, is, it is just rolling against the world. So it is the booming voice of God that tells you this is what's happened to you. It is, it is not a, you know, the role playing in this particular session, in that particular session, is not about what you say. It's about how you deal with the scenario that you've been dumped in. Because yeah. that scenario isn't about, that scenario is about, well, you wanted to start a pub. And this is what happened. And the bloke that you've hired to run your pub, who's been skimming all the money off, you may be able to find out. Well, how, how that how that's how much he's taking, hmm. right? Based on your intelligence or charisma, yeah. right? Yeah, that's fine. And if you wanted to do role playing, you could role play the, the well. You could role play the bloke against the the pub, but I don't think I'd bother with that. I'd say this is what he's been taking. It's your choice. Well, here, here I think for the so, I like the idea of it being when you're going to session, it is everybody has a part to play. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there's not one person more important than the other. I like being able to. Role play as the NPC. I find it as fun to interact. In this session, I think what it'd be like, okay, you roll. The result of the roll is your bar keeps stealing. So for me as a DM, I think what it then becomes is it might not be me pretending to be the barkeep because that's just, there's just not enough information there. But it would be me as a DM saying, okay, the bar keeps stealing. All right, Callus, your bar, we just found out, just got back. You've got your missive. And just making up this big fictitious thing about why is this barkeep stealing? You still got to deal with it, but all I did is I got a result that says barkeep is stealing X percent. And now me as a DM, the ad lib part is not me playing that NPC and having a session of me with some voice and you doing Calidus. It is just making up something about why. Because yeah, then at least then it's something and, for me. And and if you if you have to have that, then you can do that. This is what's happening. It does become a series of one-on-ones. Mm. Yes, it would be. Yeah. Right. So this is... You have that scenario where you've got 15 minutes to allocate that this is what's happening in your bar and you figure out what you're going to do. You then go and for the farming guy, it's you come back and there's weevils in the flower. Yeah, and, 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 it'd be and, like, and, okay, Carlos, roll. Okay, Carlos, all right, your barkeep is blah, blah, blah. I make up some story about why your barkeep is stealing. All right, I move on. Elbrum, you roll for your farm. Okay, blah, 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 blah. So you go through each player and come back. All right, what are you going to do about your barkeep? And yeah. then, so at least and then it's one becomes, on one, but and, it comes and, around. And then it becomes, yeah, and yeah. they get a chance to think about it. And yeah. then it becomes, you're going to execute my barkeep, get a new one. Bang, roll up, yeah. new, roll yeah. up a new barkeep. Yeah. Your, your farm production dropped because kale isn't being sold. Yeah. You get what yeah, you do. Yeah, the kale market I'm, is bottled out. Yeah. out. Because you, the other farm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? And, and he says, I'm going to plant a different crop roll up a crop yeah. and he gets to roll up the crop that he's going to plant or he gets to pick the crop that he's going to plant depending and, on and the intelligence of his farmer. Your profits are blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and this year the market has dropped for the product that you're selling. That's one. Yeah. The second one is that it is wiped out by fire, pestilence and famine, yeah. and all of those kinds of things. And where the cotton weevil is going to wipe out your cotton crop, your kale market's going to still be solid. Yeah. So there is this chance that your, your product that you've, swapped out of yeah. is going to get wiped out. You can yeah. diversify yeah. and have multiple different yeah. farms. You know, your, your brothel's gone off because everyone got the clap. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? <laughs> going to get a whole lot of new girls. Yeah. And the yeah. funny thing is, Everybody's with the pregnant. brothel one, though, that's the one where I'm just like, what do you do with this? Because you don't want to come off as sexist. You, you want to really appeal to any of the female players as well. So do you say it's it's a brothel and just say, Binary brothel, so that you don't. I think I, if, if I was doing the brothel, I'd start by watching. Oh, what was that TV show that HBO put out? Uh, the pirate show, where the women. There was a woman that ended up. The women kept 
They ran the brothel. Sorry? They ran it. Yeah, they ran the brothel and they ran... Wasn't there an Australian show about a brothel that recently was out not so long ago? Possibly, but this one's sort of set in this sort of witch master environment. Where like, like the Da Vinci, the, the, the da Vinci Di- Diablos or whatever, the Da Vinci Devils? Uh, the, yeah, I don't know. Um, the Black Ship, was it called? The Black Ship? Oh, oh, yes, I remember hearing about the Black Ship. I never watched it, but yeah. yeah. So there was the, um, the women ran the pub and the brothel, yeah. and that was the thing that they ran... They catered to whoever came along. They, because, I mean, they diversified into moving stolen goods and all that. At the end of the day, and, in, and, in exists in society, male or female, whatever, it's wrong. And I think the other thing about this too is that when this is about putting into context what happens. Mm. And, and what happens is that you, you get the pub, you get the place that takes care of the horses, you get the brothel, and then you get the next thing, mm. which could be the, which is probably the blacksmith. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It could be the blacksmith or, or, or probably, no, it's probably I, the I farm. Think the blacksmith I think it would be the, the, I think the tavern and the blacksmith. No, I think you would get the farm. I think it would be, you would get the tavern. Yeah. You would get the place to keep the horses. That would yeah. come second because yeah. they've got to stay there overnight. Yeah. Right? You may or may not get the brothel. Yeah. You definitely, would, you would definitely get the farm. To I think, supply the tavern. Because the, yeah, it supplies yeah. stuff for the tavern. Yeah. Then possibly the blacksmith because it then, caters to the people traveling past yeah, yeah. and it caters to the people who are doing the farming. You, you can't have an industry in a town that's yeah. going to, that's going to rely on passing trade. Or if yeah. you are going to have an industry in a town that's going to rely on passing trade, you've got to have a lot of passing trade. Well, and, and here's the thing too, because like just in a recent session, these guys, they wanted to dig in the earth and they had nothing to dig with. And they're like, well, my shield. And I was like, well, you're telling me that you have a shield that's shaped in the spade that you're going to have. So like, well, no, I never thought about the shape of my shield. So I said, okay, we're going to roll D3. You're going to point it's going to be a circle, it's going to be a square, or it's going to be a, a, yeah, a triangle. Yeah. So they rolled ones, which we, we said one was going to be a circle. So you guys got a circle shield. So Wait, okay. well, we shield. can still deal with that. I was like, yeah, it'll take you five times as long. Okay, we'll do, dig with that. And we'll use our hand axes. And I was like, all right, your hand yeah. axes. So you dig after X amount of hours, you manage to dig out and reveal this much. Your hand axes are now... Dull blunt. as can be and blunt, yeah. you will need to take them to get sharp. Minus one off so you, in fact, that's what I should have said is your, I should have said that your modifiers will no longer, yeah. or I dropped the D level on it. So yeah. if it was a D4, it's no longer D4, it is a one plus your modifier and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a damage thing more than a hit thing. So you need to go and yeah. do something, pay someone to get it fixed. Yeah. And but so who do you pay? Because in a town, yes, they've got the Smiths, but there is no... Sharpening service. Well, yeah, but in the main town, that would be the yeah the, the smithy would be the sharpening service. They always had the guy at the. I'm going to have to add that. Though. They always had the guy at the front that was turning the wheel and sharpening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I mean, of, in, inside the the roster, I'm going to add sharpening as a service. That's what I do. Yeah, and I'll put like a gold or something. And and that and when you look at the the blacksmith, that was what they did. They put the edge on the sword. That was the sharpening thing. Yeah. So they've you know I've created the sword and I put the edge on it and then I flog yeah. it. I've created the shield. So you look at the, the town. So when you look at the blacksmith that you build in the in the village, the blacksmith that you build in the village, he, he's not going to be making swords and stuff. He's going to be shoeing horses. That I don't think. I, I don't know if there's. Any, I don't think I've ever seen any tables like what we're talking about. No, I don't think they exist because no. because the it's always been just find the, a gold, buy yeah, a weapon. Yeah, and yeah. it's always been the castle has been when you look. Yeah, at the, buy. Yeah, it was just as you said, buy a castle and then what? Yeah, buy or build a castle. And the games, the computer games that have preceded this stuff have been about building a big, bigger and better castle, but not about taking a town and then turning it into a castle. Well, and the thing is, too, is like with Matt, Matt Corbell was saying that this is, okay, you've got a castle, then what What's the what benefit is there? So he's, he's, he's indicated a bunch of things <clears throat> about that. So you got to wonder if he's really including economy as one of those things in there. No, because he, he, he's, he's looking at a castle, from what he said on his video, as being a generator of allies, yeah. spells, magic, yeah. weapons. They yeah. are the things that you need to do it, to go adventuring. Yeah. yeah. But there doesn't seem to be an underlying economy structure that goes with it. And, and that's perfectly understandable. It's economy economy it's, is... You've got to think of something, because the thing is, is if he's just thinking that the stronghold that, that they built is going to solely be funded by how much treasure these people accumulate. I, I'm sitting there thinking, 
I've been very particular about handing out treasure. Like I know that in a session I will roll. So for example, for your guys' sessions, I know how much treasure is wherever to be found. Yeah. Do you guys find it? Sometimes I help you find it. But, but subtly, don't find sometimes it. I don't help you because you guys just don't ask any of the right questions or anything. Yeah. Like I remember in one session specifically, I, I mentioned how this one character, their clothes were very immaculate. And as they lay dying, the blood starts to pool and seek into this immaculate clothing. But you notice from their perception, they had a very high passive perception. You do notice that the blood does not seem to be uh, soaking into their, into their, their, their gauntlets. And the guys are like, that was enough of a clue that the guy's like, oh, there's something special the about that gauntlet. I'm going to take that gauntlet. Yeah. And then they found out that indeed the gauntlets were, were magical. Because yeah. I'm sitting there saying, like a lot of the guys saying, they don't see stuff. And I'm just like, passive perception wise, they should. If they've got high passive perceptions, 15 means that, so DC 5 is easy. DC yeah. 10 is medium. DC 15 is hard. DC 20 is very hard. Like I will usually say uh, DC 15 will allow you to observe something. So passively, anybody who's got it higher than a DC 15 notices something yeah. in a situation like that. Or or you're playing with this pedestal, you notice that the stone here is, is slightly doesn't match. It's it's a subtle enough clue that that they should be able to see something. Some other people, DMs, they don't, like I, I've noticed, like I remember one was saying, I gave out all these subtle clues and I was just like, what subtle clues? Please tell me what those subtle clues were because I was the player in that and I didn't pick up on a damn and look, thing. And the other thing about that too is that you don't always get what you want. If you've got, we, we did this, we've just finished a session yeah. where we had to persuade the guy on the other side of the door that he had to be our friend and ally and we all rolled ones or something. Yeah. And, and that, the possibility of him coming across to our side was definitely on the table. Yeah. But if your rolls are cracked, that's it. If you, yeah. So you won't always, you will not always find the big bucket of treasure. Yeah. Because if your perception rolls are crap, well, for me, doomed. I mean, that's and, and, and that's really well, too, is I'm sitting there thinking and these guys, rolls are these guys have been in bank. here for, from my point of view. They've been in there for days. You don't yeah. know why, uh, why, or why they were in that room. You don't know. We know they don't have food, but and you, water. You just knew that they didn't have them. water. So yeah. for me, I was like, pers- persuade these guys. You guys needed to roll higher than a seventeen. Yeah, and you guys just rolled. I mean, you guys didn't even. I think one of you rolled higher than a five. Yeah. So I was just like, well, well that's not going to fly. You know, this is not going to work. So, yeah. but yes, that, I mean, there's so, opportunities. Yeah. But the opportunities aren't taken away from you. Mm. I mean, it's not the opportunities are there. If you miss the clue, mm. that's different to a bad roll. I can't recall any game that I've been in that you've run where you were not given. A clue, a hint, even the subtlest hint that yeah. there was something that you could work on. Yeah. And all you had to do is you you drop this word in the sentence and it's like, if we didn't pick it up, sorry guys, too bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I've heard like some GMs, what they've done is they've had treasures, like in West Marches, they've had treasures that were plus four weapons. There's no such thing as a plus four weapon in D&D 5e. The higher you can get is a plus three. Yeah. So it's just like, what are you doing providing plus four weapons as a possible treasure in a session. It, like just this very inexperienced. I've only been DMing for six months and even I know that that's just dumb. Yeah. You know, so, the, you've got to scale things. You, you you can't be so excited that you're inundating the players with, you've meeting dragons and this, you've just killed any, like for me, that Xanathia stuff. I, when I rolled up Xanathia, I didn't roll up Xanathia in the first place. I rolled up, the goblin caravan that happened at the beginning. And and then Xanafi was just, I think I rolled up an NPC and I was like, what am I going to do with this NPC? And then I just came up with this idea. And then I just, I presented it to the other DMs and I said, okay, here's this BBEG. I didn't know anything about, I don't know what she looked like or anything. Just, this is going to be BBEG. I told the characters that her name is Xanafi yeah. and she wrote this letter. And that's all I knew. And you just, Eventually, over time, you just start creating mm. this anticipation. So the, the players, they keep hearing about her. And now some of the other DMs are mentioning her. And I know one DM's like, no, no, she's not related to me. You can't say that. You can't say that. She's not part of this arc. And this other DM was just like, said something stupid. And I had no control over it. All I did was I introduced this character. And I just pushed it a little bit to the GMs. And they started talking about her and relating her to other stuff. And I was just like, 
freaking cool. But it's, and then it's, it's, it's building it's, it's, up it's, this anticipation. So when you do encounter, boom, it's this big thing. But all of a sudden you're dealing with dragons and these incredible things. And plus, you've just in, killed, in, that, in that scenario, there's no anticipation. In, in that scenario, if you were going to find a plus four weapon, that's where it's going to be. But you also have to get through the horde that there is standing in front of them. Yeah. And to, well, some to, of them, though, what they do... I mean, it's, it's trying out a... Trying out a, a plus one weapon yeah. would make sense if you put it in the right place and in the right context. Well, for me, but, I don't just... But, some, so some of them, what they'll do is they'll, okay, you finished, you dealt with that, here's all the treasure you get for that. Screw that. For me, more often than not, what I do is if there's like a plus one weapon, that NPC is using it because why wouldn't he be yeah. using that bloody weapon yeah. if he's going to try to do you guys? And then oh, after that, do you guys pick up? Now, everybody knows... The rule of thumb is is that if they're just minion type baddies yeah, and they're wearing some nice. armor, which their armor is worth crap. Yeah. So what do you as the GM? You've got to do something as a GM to let the characters know that there's something exceptional here. But how do you do it so that you're not giving it away, but you the cha- the characters have a chance to and look and there, and there are two scenarios. There's the one. There's that scenario which is the you you it was carried by the bad guy that was yeah. there at the time. Yeah. And the other scenario is that it was ensconced in the structure because that's where it belonged. You know, the yeah. Vikings buried their people with their swords. Yeah. The plus one weapon is in the sarcophagus that's surrounded by lots of big bad evil guys. When you open the door, you find a plus one weapon. Those kinds of things are possible as well. But just having a plus four lying around, I would have thought, yeah, that's, here's, that's, that's, here's that's really, you know, to, to get to that, you've got to go well, through like a horde of dragons and yeah. then you confront this player Let's with 73 million A legendary, yeah. a plus four yeah. is legendary. Yeah. Or, or plus three is getting to legendary. But, you know, legendary items is, it's a specific mission to go on to find that legendary item. It's not just, it's a random drop, here you go. Yeah. yeah exactly. It is something that is extremely well protected and whoever the big B, the BBEG is, he's going to be using it. Yeah. But but yes, it's it's about how the DM describes things. Like I, I was just listening to one of the DMs say that they there was a ruby necklace that was in the water, and one of the players picked up the ruby and picked pulled picked a ruby off, and and so the DM said I described it as as he pulled the the ruby into the air, yeah, the ruby suddenly exploded, and this guy got X amount of damage. And then another player came along and just pulled the whole necklace out. And then it did like 200 damage because it all exploded. Because none of them picked up that the DM was says, as you pulled it into the air. Yeah. So I said to him, I hope you exaggerated, like capitalized in the air. I picked up that one immediately as you said, as you pull it into the air. If you mention the word air, it's like, okay, fine. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. And so this is just it. And I was just like, yeah, you, you did give them. And if you emphasize uh, even you, even slightly, it even have to, I mean, you shouldn't have to emphasize. Oh, uh, well, you know, subtlety wise, like I have to admit that. But even if you did emphasize that, I mean, I'm, and now my brain goes straight to the point of like, okay, well, that's not hard to solve. I'll yeah. just take that, stick it in the water, keep it in the bucket, and carry the bucket with me. But what does it actually do? What's well, the that's benefit just, of exactly? This? How do I find out? Yeah, that thing. Is like, yeah. You know, it's a bit why did somewhere so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's and, just it. You and, know, and do many people pick up on the clues? And that's the funny thing is, is well, a lot of them don't. A lot of them, apparently a lot of players are just getting into D&D. They've heard about it. They've seen like Critical Role and stuff like yeah. that on TV. And they're excited to play, but they're all video game players. So they all are, they're how do I maximize my player to do the best, best yeah, damage per second? Not. And yeah. they don't know how to role play and they don't know how to you, see and hear these. And it's interesting isn't it? because when you go back in time and you go back to the early 90s when video games were about solving puzzles because yeah. we didn't have the graphic cards that would let you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And as we moved through from the, the King's Quest and Dungeon Quest and all that kind of stuff up to the you know, Grand Theft Auto now, you know, as we progress through that, the ability to find clues and and solve puzzles disappeared because the graphics became so spectacular. It became about how, how good a gun can I get? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, true. And where can I go to hide? That is true. Yeah, you're right because yeah. the, the King's Quest type 
you had to solve that crap. Yeah. It was challenging to solve those things. And that's because you're right. The graphics couldn't handle that. So it was yeah, really solving why, yeah. the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you had to solve the graphics. Yeah, so it's like you're using your arrow keys to walk around, but you've got to solve the bloody <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> and I can see why the people that haven't done that now look at this and go, well, this, when you get into a D&D game, yeah. why it is about yeah. getting a, the yeah. best weapon? And, they, and it's, it is really is about listening. Like I was shocked when I was telling you that story about the guy who figured out that it was a, a trade well. And I was just like, oh, good for him. Like, he clearly was listening and trying to figure out some I, of this stuff. But I think that we are about to see a shift. If they can raise $1.5 million yeah. for a book that yeah. is going to bring some form of economy and non-murder hobo structure into a yeah. game, yeah. then this is the move that, that that's going to be the trigger for the whole of D&D to slide start, into a whole, yeah, uh, looking a, a whole different... Yeah. A different but structure. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary too, though, that, that, I, that the idea of these people coming from video games and doing this, because I had one guy, I think very clearly he is a big video gamer because I introduced him to this idea that there was this tombstone and someone else mentioned a tombstone that it was glowing. They wanted to go back. What am I going to do with this bloody glowing tombstone? So they started digging, digging, digging. There's marble roots. They find marble roots underneath the tombstone and those roots are growing. And the, the wizard, who was the video gamer, he's like, do I sense anything else? And so he knew that there was some type of evocation magic there from the previous characters who mm-hmm. were there. So I was like, well, you discover there's actually two types of evocation magic there. So in my mind, I, I said, okay, the evocation magic on the tombstone is cold because it's going to trigger an ice storm. Yeah. And underneath that, it's actually wrapped around this big force cage prison I don't know what the prison holds. I have no idea. Yeah. It just, okay, why is it there? Uh, I don't know. There's a force cage. It's yeah. a prison. That's all I got. And then if they get past that, then okay, well, I I'll better figure something out. <laughs> but anyways, so he was just like, in his mind, I, I very clearly, he understood the rules. Redman was very, very well versed in, it's an evocation thing, and it triggered an ice storm. So in his mind, he was just like, okay, we've triggered it. There can't be another one there. I, in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not so versed in the rules. I, I know that I'm going to put an ice storm on there. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to put three of them on there. <laughs> and so he, what I did do was I, uh, one character who was staying away, I was just like, you feel a, a chill in the air as they were digging. And every time they smacked into these marble roots, it got colder. Yeah. And by the third time they smacked, they triggered the ice storm and it smashed and it, it hit three of them. And yeah. two of the three survived, one died. And so this player who was very well versed, he figured that for, I think he figured that it couldn't possibly be another one there because from his rules perspective, that would break the rules. Yep. And therefore it can't be from my storytelling perspective. I don't give a shit. Absolutely. There's two more ice storms on that thing that you're going to trigger. Well, you would have given this one away by saying you hit the roots. It feels cold. (laughs) And so, I mean, they, the, the other players, who were not like that, they're like, well, it could be. And so he came back, I'm going to Arcana check. And I was like, yeah, you get the feeling, you roll high on his Arcana, you get the feeling that that, that one evocation is still as strong as ever, but the other one seems less. And there's it's another, still, there's another ice storm coming, but it may not kill me quite as easily. He's still clue into it. And the other guy's like, well, how about you step away and I'm going to throw another hand axe at that thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, you triggered another ice storm. And he's just like, how is that possible? And I'm just thinking, what do you mean, how is it possible? Use your imagination. Why wouldn't it be possible? Because from his video game perspective and how he understands the rules, you can't do that. And I was just like, dude, it's not one about knowing the I mean, rules. One of the things Use about- your imagination. It's <laughs> a story we're creating. But that's the other thing, too, is one about the whole Westmarchers things is that there are no rules. Now, the first rules is there are no rules. We'll and you have to say along. that because you've gotten so many DMs. And what is they're not all carbon copies of each other. Their interpretation yeah. of the rules will be this, this, and this. Now, We've homebrewed a bunch of stuff and said, you know, this is what we're going to do about treasure. This is what we're going to do with this or this and this and this to try to provide something. But again, my understanding is is not going to be the same as this guy who's been playing it for 20 years. And there's no consistency across the board. And that that would be what you would expect in an environment that was variable. What you find in this corner of the world is going to be different to what you find in another corner of the world. So at this particular site, yeah, 
you get three ice storms. Yeah. Next cycle, you might get one. Yeah, and exactly. But ultimately, that's still, here's a hoard, find a treasure hoard, accumulate treasure hoard, buy the better armor. Yeah. It's still not about, okay, let's think about something else. And I, I love this idea of, now I've got a, I've got three farms now. I've spent my last 5,000 gold that I found. I bought three farms. Let's well, roll again to the beginning of the session. And, the, and the start of it, wouldn't you buy them? You'd be building them. So and and so the other thing is, is, as far as what the session could do is you could say, well, we have a session every week. If you're playing every week, you cannot roll on your tables. You you would have to wait. Maybe you'd say every second week or every... Well, it would depend. You see, so it would be the thing about if you reach the stage where you have minions, mm. then you could do, you could play. You can't play a game session today and then... Well, I suppose you could play a game session today and then come home to your town and you could roll on that. Yeah. But that... I, I would temper that with... How badly damaged are you? Yeah. If you've come home from a, a session and you and, and you do that because that that's a there's a recovery. Oh, because you, yeah, you mean you if you already, come to your like you have those farms, so you come home, you go to your farms. Yeah, you go to your town. Mm. So and there is a recovery thing that, mm. that you didn't yes, use, yes, yeah, yes. If your hit points was over this when you start this next session, yeah. you start with disadvantage and yeah. and 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 and. Yeah. So and you've already done that. Yeah. So that means that in the next session, if you tried to do it the next day, yep. then you would, well, you've got to recover before you can go and manage your farms. But you've got to reach a certain level of... If you were poisoned okay. or something like this... If you don't recover if, from if that... you could spend the money to pay for the lesser poison, the lesser restoration from the town healer, or you could go to your own place and you would need to spend one week of in real time in your farm to recover from that... Yeah. Before you could go into another session. Well, I would just, Otherwise, I mean, you, you would just, pay. and you would just match it to, yeah. to what the rules are now. So you'd say that if I'm poisoned and I come home and I'm poisoned, can I play tomorrow? The answer is no, but you can play in two days' time. Okay, I've got to wait Or you can go and pay the healer. Yeah, I can go and pay the healer. Yeah. So you don't have to shift time or do anything strange to make this work. Yeah. And you assume that when they come back, they come back to the town that they live in or own or the farm or the pub yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then they get the benefits from. Yeah. whatever there is of burning there. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's and that's a big reason to, to allow them to do something like that is because if you build a tavern or you build a butcher or whatever as something, you will get an extra benefit from having that, which is useful to you. I mean, money is yeah. one thing, but perhaps something else comes from it too. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you own the pub, so therefore there's going to be knowledge coming to the pub. You've now got your... Yeah, yeah, there you your, go. You, you, you learned about your... You've just heard about something that is in this far southern part of the island that you haven't heard before. Yeah. Or even in our campaign setting, all of a sudden you learn something about a jungle that's just to the south and something that's relevant that all of a sudden becomes important to, say, Sailor's backstory. Yeah, so, so as, this, as you expand your town and as your influence grows... And if it's just, if, and again, if we're talking about just one person creating the pub and the rest of it, so in the West Manchester scenario, it's just a single person. They build and control their town and own the businesses that are in it and you know, have their farmers that are sitting around on the outside. They can build these structures that will give them more and more you know, yeah. bits and pieces of information. I mean, they'll build a church of some sort. Yeah, they build a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want nothing, you know. For, yeah, the have a temple where, for all the gods, yes, of course. Yeah, so when does, and you look at it and go, okay, as, as the money comes in, one of, the, as, one of the issues is as the money comes in, what do you build next? And how does this influence your town? So if, if as a DM, if you're running one of these sessions, yeah. you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, this is what happened in your pub, this is what happened in your food supply, this is what happened in your yeah. brothel, and this is what happened to your blacksmith. Yeah. And then they go, I've got a bucket load of money. What am I going to do? Yeah. And it's like, you can build another building. Yeah. They can pick a building, yeah. which could be a church. Yeah. And then they can turn around and say, well, what does you start building a church? That's fine. Yeah. You need a stonemason, you need a quarry, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Off you go. Or you can just import the stuff from the town down the road. Yeah. They build the quarry. They can start exporting stuff up yeah. the road to the next place. Yeah. And as they... They do that. They will get a benefit from the next building that they yeah. they construct. And you know that it's interesting though because I was just sitting there and, thinking, and, out of all the and, things that players have mentioned wanting to build, a bloody temple is one of the most common things that a lot of players are asking to build. There you go. Unbelievable! I didn't get. I, 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 I wouldn't. 
in, in the West Marches scenario, mm. that would make perfect sense because mm. they're looking to get the benefits of the temple. Mm. West Marches doesn't at this point in time provide any financial benefit to anyone. No. So they're not going to go for a farm or a pub. They're going to go for, okay, they're going to have that. If they could build a blacksmith to get a plus one weapon, they'd be doing that. If they could build a yeah. an alchemist to get some, yeah. they would do that. They're well, asking for that because... I, mean, what I think a perfect thing for me is, as a player, I want to invest in the quarry so that I get parts of the profits of any other building that anybody wants. Yeah, and that's... So in the initial stages, everything's made out of wood, that's fine. Yeah. When you're going to build in the... When you, the, you know, the next step after the town is going to be the town walls. And that, the yeah. town walls come before the castle. And so what you do is you encompass your town inside the wall. So the industries and the people live inside the walls, the farms, the quarries, all the rest of it's on the outside. Yeah. As you do that, you own the quarry. Guess what? Up it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually really interesting. I think that would so change. And, and, and when you ask, I mean, the, the thing about this is it's also it's, it doesn't require a lot of effort. Because if I, if I, you can actually start with absolutely no idea of what to do. Yeah. Because as the player, player comes along and says, I'm going to build a pub. Yeah. Right. Or the player comes along and says, I'm going to be, build a building. What are you going to build? Pick a building. Pharmacy. Yeah. You look at the table. There's no pharmacy. Shit. Okay. Clunk. Pharmacy. Okay. You built a pharmacy. Thank you very much. You got that one for free because we don't know how much it costs yet, but talk with the others, sort it out next week. Yeah. The list of buildings that they build inside their town yeah. is self-generated. Someone says, I'm going to build a, a, a an observatory. Yeah. Okay, fine. Build an observatory. But, 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 and, and you get to have a discussion later on about the benefits and what happened. And by the time the people that manage the game have solved, have discussed the building and what benefits it may or may not bring, yeah. the building may be complete because no one's going to be able to build and complete a building within the time frame of I am going to build a pharmacy, it's going to be, yep, fine, no worries, you start building the pharmacy. And when we talk to you next week, we'll have figured out what benefit you've got. Is there anything you'd like particularly to have? But did, I, I, it's just a, a wonderful I'm just, way. Of, I'm just thinking all the stuff that we're talking about, I I think we could make our own bloody book out of that. It's creating a bunch of tables, pharmacies, I would be looking at it and saying, you've got to look at the building and the industry and then try and crunch it down to a bunch of things that you can get from it. Yep. And then make the buildings generic. Yep. So that I want to build a bank. Yep. It's going to have cost. It's going to have a time frame to build it. It's going to have a benefit, which is going to be money. Yep. It's going to have the fact that it can do something like whole things for collateral. Mean, realistically, but then right now you don't I, want to have to write a book that defines every single building. I, I love the idea of, of here. This is interesting. So every, right now they say in West Marches, everybody's uh, living in the accent thistle yeah. pattern and yeah. everybody we're using the, the weight variant of the rules. Cause I, I forced yeah. that one on. Yeah. And so they're like, I left a thousand, my thousand gold pieces are left in my room. It yeah. would be really cool that, you know, we roll, uh, the DMs roll, and if there's like a 0.5% chance, you've gotten robbed because it's not a safe place because there is I want to create a bloody bank. And that was where I started from on day one. Yeah. So the first time we had this discussion was about, I wanted I want to, to create, create a bank. bank. That yeah. was my first building. I want to create a bank. I believe she but this is, this is the problem is that we have this really good conversation about this stuff. And I think that a lot of the other DMs would, uh, really see the benefit of doing all of this stuff. But the only conversations the DMs have is through Discord chats. They don't sit and have a weekly, monthly meeting to talk about this stuff. They don't actually have, iron a, out they don't have a conversation. No, that's the problem. You want to have monthly meetings. And when all the DMs are all throughout the world, it's a problem. Look, and uh, well, yeah, maybe. The other thing about this too is that if you look at the way that West Marches has come about or that this particular session has come about, it's it's come about as being a murder hobo session. Yeah. The, in order to successfully take a West Marchers game, you just need to have DMs that have functionality that that do things. Yeah. Uh, and as we've said before, you yeah. need to have someone who's got the the grand overview yeah. of what it can possibly do, yeah. and then you have to have a bunch of people that can implement it, and then you have to have a bunch of DMs that can 
go well, out and play the game. And if one of the DMs is about killing dragons and one of them is about economy, then if I was to sit down and say, where would I go? Mm. I'd absolutely go there because my starting point for this would be my first player that appears in a town is going to have a choice of what do you do? You have to survive and you can build yeah, a your street. Start and, thousand, and, and you can't... Bring your first thousand gold pieces and you start something. Well, no, you actually can't do that because you're... There's no one who's going to build it for you. So yeah. the first player that comes well, along see, is going to have to build his own pub. No, see, here's the thing. Like, they've gotten established rules with the, where they were talking about crafting. It took a while to bring crafting in. And one of the biggest problems was, well, you don't have that skill. You want to be work yeah. with herbalism. You don't have the herbalism skill. So it's not about having the kit. Buy the kit for 25 gold, big deal. You don't have that skill. So if you want to craft, you have to have that skill. Okay, how much time in real life do we need to pass for that person to learn that skill? Well, we can't wait three months in real life for them to yeah. get that skill. So they need to pay. In order to get that skill, you need to pay 500 gold pieces. Yep. You got to pay 500 gold pieces. Magically, you now have that skill. Yep. So it's it would be the same thing. Is in here is like, do we? How much? If you're crafting a building, okay, uh, it's going to take X amount of time to do it. But to accrue the materials. Do we wait X more time to accrue the materials? No. That would just be a goal. You pay this much gold, you'll magically get those materials, but it's not and going again, to take. It comes back to when you, when you create the list of buildings, how long does it take to build the building? Yeah. And what is a reasonable amount of time to build a building? I think the, a reasonable amount of time to build a, a castle is a year. And yeah. that's a year in real life time. Yeah. So that means that if you start building your castle today, you better be alive in a year's time to rip the benefits of it. And I and I would think that if you were, if you had come through the process of the town and the structure, you would actually have moved away from killing dragons to the economic side of it. You, you didn't see the guy who was in charge of the, you know, the lord of the, the castle going out every week to yeah. kill a dragon. No, no, because he had an economy to take care of. Yeah, he would take. Yeah, that's right. And also the other thing too is that if you got that stuff, well, yes, you would have bought the great armor and the great sword and the great everything else. So maybe you did have a better chance of surviving. Like the best board games that we have played haven't been about killing things. No, Power Grid. Power Grid is my favorite. Power Grid. Nothing. To do Straight with out economic game. Yeah, the Game of Thrones has, has fighting and whatnot. But yeah. you know, the, most of the games that we played. I, I know though you about. said. With West Marches, it is a lot of murder hobo. And I, I sit there and I think about that. And I think about how one of the slogans they try to have in marketing is, we'll, we'll teach you not to be murder hobos. But the reality is that if the economy is just based about you going out and have adventures. So, like, I, I know I've had a number of sessions where the people have been diplomatic enough that they brought some NPCs back to the town. Yep. So what? You brought them back. So what? Where is the mechanics behind being able to do something with that that means them being integrated in the town? Because I remember some of the guys are saying, oh, we're going to go do road building. We're going to take 50 people. And I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where you Aren't we a village? And by default, the definition of a village is 50 to 200 people. That's the whole bloody village going out to build a road. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And then one guy's like, well, the numbers are kind of arbitrary. I mean, Hamlet Village... You know, people change. And I was just like, well, you can't say they're arbitrary because you're saying you've taken 50 people from somewhere to go out building a road. That does not make sense to me at all, especially because when we said the road is not a dirt road, it is basically they've cut the path, cut the grass down, did their best to move it out of the way. That's really not a road. That is just a trail at best. And if we, if you look at the mechanics for, for all of this stuff, the mechanics of running a town aren't that hard. Uh, it is a village. We can turn around and say, based on the number of live heroes that we've got, yeah. and in this case we now have 107 active players or whatever the number is, yeah. there are 107 active players, 30% have a spouse. This is the population of their children. When you die, your spouse and your children continue on, mm. and after time they can breed and create yeah, so they're, they're just... within the town. And when you bring back a specialist into the town, that you add another one to the population. And again, if we look at it from an economics point of view, if you've got the DM who runs the economics, he rolls the famine, he rolls the fire, he rolls the pestilence, we get to kill off people. 
within mm. the town. Mm. We also get, if you're in the town at that particular point in time, to allocate damage to people. Yeah, I'm sorry, you've got the Black Plague. Mm. You can't go adventuring. That's that's what happens in real life. Although yeah. I guess these guys would probably ensconce in places where that but that, shouldn't that, happen. That's, but that's they just also it. burnt down. I mean, they burnt down. I built the building the other day. Yeah, they like, did the tavern. Yeah, they burnt down the tavern. Yeah. So, and to me, that my, one of the things was I was just like, wait a minute, if they burnt down the tavern, everybody's staying. Did we actually enforce that if you had stuff in the tavern, you lost, you it. lost it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're out adventuring at the time, point yeah. down, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, some, and it should. I, I don't think it was enforced, and it should have been. Yeah. It should have been like anybody who had gold, basically, just by default, you would. Whether they set it or not, by default, you would you would go through the roster and reduce everybody's gold by sixty percent. And and all of this comes about this thing about just gathering up the data: who is the player, where are they, and what have they got? Mm. Because that's all you really need to know. Yeah, yeah. If you're out adventuring when the tavern burns down, you lost whatever was in the tavern. Yeah. If and you I mean, were, if you were in, if you're in the tavern at the time it burnt down, yeah, you got half of what you own. And that that would be where too at the end of every session you would have to say. Okay, are you going to end your session in White Moon Cove? Or are you going yeah. to end your session in and, Blackfoot Inn? And we did have this conversation about yeah. where do you end? Yeah. And so when the next session starts, where do you start from? Yeah. And so, I mean, ultimately, if you're going to start there, everybody else has to be there too. So, But it does mean that you can, if you've got places that they can start from, yeah. then you can have different types of adventures going out from different types of locations. Yeah. Yeah. And but there's still there's a lot of work there because like what we just talked about about bringing NPCs in also that made me think on the random tables one of the things that I think I need to add to the random tables is putting in the possibility of what kind of a specialization this person is is he a farmer is he a pharmacist is he an alchemist is he a doctor add that as part of the random role so when they find them and if they were diplomatically enough and bring them back oh well this guy's just a regular laborer he's going to help do bricklaying or something like that. Oh no, this guy—he's—he's—he's he's, he's got surgery type skills. So, yeah, and so that means that you've got your minion collection, which is yeah. the, what got bred from the yeah. from the adventurer and his wife. Yeah. You've got the specialists that you import. Yeah. You've got people that get trained. And again, it's just a case about randomly generating attributes within a, a database as to yeah, any extra skills that people get, and then dragging them along. But one of the you, things about this is if we take this and we put this into real time. Yeah. And that's and we talk about it as being in real time. None of the minions that are lying around are ever going to build roads because no, they're not old enough. They're not going to be old enough for another sixteen years. We're going to be dead. Games are going to be gone. Not going to last. And here's the thing too: is that the thing is, is you're saying that you start in a small town, and in that small town, the population is two hundred. You created another settlement over there. There's not enough industry in this small town as it is for these people to want to go over there. Because you still need your butcher, you still need this, you still need that. Yeah. And these people, they would be wanting to start those buildings, those NPCs. So what incentive? Because you're saying, okay, we're just going to move half over there. You're going to have, what, a tavern, a mayor. Of what? Yeah, so you start with this. So what you do is you start with the structure of, like, the settlement of America. Yeah. The first settlers came in. This is what they built, did. They built the fort. They farmed the land. Yeah. And then more people came in across the sea. They either bought specializations with them. How do you feed them? How do you pick them like? And that's a, a great way of actually building the population within the country. And then when the population start to overrun the number of adventures, you kill them off with a black plague, or whatever else you can think mm. of, marauding Indians, all that kind of stuff. That will give you a bunch of ages yeah. that will allow you to do the stuff that you need to do. It will also give you a bunch of specialists that come as they well, see the opportunity. At the end of the day, without thinking through some of these things to enact this about how to bring in people, and how to increase those things, how to let players to build up some of these things. The fact is, is this West March is for the entire discovery of that entire island. It's just going to be about finding new portals in order to get from here to there quickly so you can adventure out and yeah. kill more things in order to accumulate more wealth to do what? So uh, until, unless they, they realize that at some point... Well, it, um, does, be, I mean, it does become a giant bird of hobo game. It does become and that, and regardless of whether or not... They're actually killing something. It is, in essence, a murder hobo game until you build up extra infrastructure. Yeah, and given that, that nothing within the D&D world is about building anything until we see this idea of building a key. Yeah, that's true. There's, 
that's not something that's been considered. But what was it? You said there's a paragraph in there. You can ten thousand dollars, you can buy a castle. Yeah, and that's just that's, it. Like that's you, you look at, see, I mean, you look at the success of Critical Role. It was adventure after adventure after adventure. And and you're right. Like on a streaming session, does an industry session make sense? Well, that's another question. How do you take that industry session out of a regular campaign or in a West Marches and put it on a, a stream session that other people are going to enjoy watching? And really, well, this becomes you. a big challenge because it's not just about that industry, but how do you make it entertaining? Now, as you as a player, and don't totally understand how you want to grow this so you can accumulate more wealth. But what do you need to do with the GM on the GM side in order to for the GM to make this into something that is also presentable? And so once you've figured out options, then you can figure out the creative side of it. And as yeah. you say, yeah. from a, a presentation point of view, the story that you deliver in response to the the role the, the role yeah. becomes can become incredibly entertaining. Yeah. You rolled incredibly well, you're overwhelmed with kale. The children are eating kale, your wife is eating kale, everyone in the town's eating kale, and you've still got the bucket of industry, industry craves on how to dry kale in order to make <laughs> yeah. different kale products. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 or another start. industry comes out, he figures out how to take kale and make clothes. Weave it into clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turn it into fabric. Yeah, that's great. We can build tanks out of kale. Oh, God. Um, so my so, new kale, my kale uh, shield is kale armor. <laughs> the crimson nib has gotten into making kale armor. Yeah. So you you actually the the creativity can be from that point of view. Yeah. The interaction that that the player has, like, and it, you've got to think about it. Like, if someone's going to go and do this, is going to go and say, "Well, I'm going to run a farm, or I'm going to start my, going to set up my pub," then that's a whole step outside being. Murder hobo. Yeah. So you can, I think it's a reasonable assumption to say if they're going to step in, in that direction, then the conversation could be interesting. But yeah. it's not yeah. likely to be someone who's, it's more likely to be someone who is creative because they will be the people who say, well, I'm going to build a pub. Well, it certainly, it certainly would, I, I personally think it certainly would change the aspect of player for the players who want to embrace this as something more. Because if you sit there and you remember our two elves that left us, yeah, that's clearly something. I, I don't see them in that. They they are clearly the no. video gamers who are just out there for, for the yeah. Uh, they wanted a bit of death and destruction, but they but they did also want the edge. Like they they wanted they wanted the they edge wanted the death and destruction, they, and they wanted a bit of creativity. Yeah, they they certainly they, were open to taking over Hakan's house right away as a base. Yeah. yeah. So so they were not totally murder hobo stuff. Yeah. They wanted a bit of uh, deception, and they, yeah. uh, as I said, they wanted to be in the food school, and they wanted to go out and become it, professional it, assassins. It, it does that, change that, things. Like if you are as a DM, you want this to happen. Whether we're talking campaign or West marches, and if if the players are keeping everything in, like you guys, you keep a, a bunch of your gold now in your new place that uh, yeah. Karima provided for you. I ought to be able to roll and say, "Ah, guys, man, you got broken into the other night. You've just lost. They stole." All your nice you dark weave be. clothes has been yeah. stolen. You, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. And again, when we, I mean, I'm currently looking at it from a, in that, in our specific scenario, looking at it, they're saying, where the hell's the bloody Daryl? Because there's no way you're going to leave your house unattended and unlocked. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's just not going to happen. No. Yet. Yeah. You, and you'll also have the safe downstairs that you keep everything in a lock room and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that it doesn't get stolen. And you would also be cashing in the stuff that you've got. And sticking the gold in the bank. So, do we have a bank? There's probably some crimson nib bank around the corner. Which yeah, I gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta make a crimson, crimson nib, nib finance and corporation. What are we, we going to do with the crimson nib bank to make it funny and amusing? Well, it'd be crimson nib finance corporation because it's got to have a really good name. I did Couldn't like just the crimson. Nib I did bank. like that that bit where you specific. I'm going to go to the nibblers and I'm going to have the special. And I was. You know that the special is going to cause you to roll on the mutation table, and I was just like, "Yeah, but it, I'm not." I was just thing. like, "Okay, I could have got a good thing." Yeah, in fact, you could have because there are certain mutations that you could breathe underwater because you just formed gills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you, you take the the Crimson Nib Finance Corporation. Actually, it should be the Crimson Nib Bank because that that means it's just banking finance corporation. And you, yeah, because there'd be the Crimson Nib Investment Company and the Crimson Nib Realty. And yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, if, yeah, you take your stuff to the Crimson Nib Bank, 
Yeah. And you leave it with the bank manager there. And yes, every now and again, there will be a bank manager role and a number of things can happen. Yeah. You know, the, not, not the least of which... We've got to go to the bank. The bloody bank is... Yeah, yeah. That yeah, and what's the most highly probable? Well, he's going to be corrupt, isn't he? Number one on the list of things is going to be... I've yeah. invested your money. I've got you a deal. The, yeah, your role yeah, that the, the bank manager has got a deal he wants to convince the players on. So all of a sudden, you as a DM got to be like, I've got a deal for I'm you guys. For you. I can earn 10% on your money. All we need to do is take your money and there's this over here. Sure, we're going to invest it over here. It's guaranteed. I tr- yeah. that sure would pricing. be Yes. Yeah, that'll be it. Sure <laughs> pricing. It's going to be terrific. Yeah. And so, and so you've got dodgy investments by the bank manager that may or may not come off. And again, yeah. you've got a roll table. Did it succeed? Mm. Did it not succeed? Mm. Is he corrupt? Is yeah. it really an investment, a Ponzi scheme with his cousin? Yeah, it's a Ponzi but, bank. Um, You've went and gone and invested yeah, in the Ponzi bank. The, well, Crimson Nip Ponzi, the, not bank. Then there's the, you know, how secure is the building? Yeah. Did they happen to get robbed this week? Well, um, that, that goes back to that whole thing we were just talking about with the Russians and the Olympics is they, when, yeah, when they yeah, built the building, they built, the they built in the back door because they were planning to rob the bank. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is, it's quite easy to create the Crimson Nib Bank. Yeah. And that means that then means that you can put your money in a real bank or you put it in the Crimson Nib Bank and all of a sudden That's an amazing roll though. You're rolling on the table. Your your building was built by some corrupt people who built in a secret door and they've just taken yeah. all of the the wheat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh. so you got that as well. I think yeah, maybe I would I would say that that would have to be an internal thing, not an external thing. It would be you, it would be you funny. Can't, you can't you can't be robbed. You can actually only have the bank manager be yeah. part of this whole process. Yeah. And I do like the idea that they can be corrupt. Yeah. So yeah, when yeah. we look at what we've got stored away, and then you've got the Crimson Nib Storage Company, where you can actually put your valuables into safe storage. Somewhat. What is the probability that it'll get flooded, catch fire? All that kind of stuff. Still seems like a store there. Sounds like a big opportunity to put something together because the amount of Westmarch well, stuff that are out there, they're starting up and fledgling and they're all using Discord and they're yeah. trying to set these global things up. I found a bunch recently and a lot of them are at about 100 members. Like we're fairly rare at having 350. Yeah. So I think that seems like a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Until next week. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week.